0: Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Yelin. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 11th official episode. In the past seven days, there have been two insane 50 point games. Like, first of all, let's just talk about Clay Thompson. 52 <laughs> points. In three quarters. In three quarters, 27 minutes. And he broke the record. His for, own teammate's record. His own teammate's record with 14 made three pointers. In one NBA game,
1: incredible, it, incredible. What else can you say? I mean, in in three quarters, we were just what we just checked four fifty three left in the third quarter. He hits his 14 3 pointer of the game to pass Steph Curry, who had previously made thirteen in a game, and just like. Out, how do you do – in 27 minutes? Like, <laughs> never mind. Like, that would be – 14 three-pointers in a game is impressive in no matter – you know, no matter how many minutes you played. It's, it's a record But breaker. in 27 minutes? If he played a normal amount
0: of minutes, say, like, 36. That's like, an easy 17-18, right? You would say 17-18. I would – yeah, I, I would probably like, say well, 17 many How many, how many minutes considered. are we saying? Like, are we saying, like, 35 minutes? Yeah, 35. So an extra Yeah, that might, might be a little – That me – yeah. I, feel I would like he could say 17. He on could the pace, go for 19 on the pace
1: he was do on the pace he was doing it. Then it would he be would have been like 19 like, or 20, right? Yeah, but proportionally. like, you know he might have cooled off a little bit or something, gotten tired. Either way, it's that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I, I kind of wish. That, I kind of wish he stayed in though, right? Like, yeah, Steve Curry. Right like <laughs> Same
0: thing last week with Taurus. Steph Curry when he dropped over 50. He but got taken out early too. I think
1: the score at that point, when he hit that, when he hit that three, was like hundred and ten to seventy or something like yes. that. So <laughs> it's kind of understandable they would take him out. Um. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I want, I wanted to talk first about.
0: I noticed. Okay, I, I make everything about Steph Curry, right? Yeah. But. I think it's pretty impressive, to see how when Steph Curry saw that Clay Thompson had 11 three-pointers, mm-hmm. 12 three-pointers, 13. He lets Clay take over? Yeah, he was he was rooting him on. He was he, w- he course, was yeah. giving him the ball and he he was like very genuinely excited from what I saw on the replays. Yeah. Which no. I think I think is pretty impressive. Personally, no. if that was me, I wouldn't. I would be kind of pissed. I'd that be like, you'd be oh, upset that your yeah. teammate
1: broke your own record. I a mean, little bit. Yeah, a
0: little bit. Yeah. I, that's understandable. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, I think it, it speaks I, I think to that, yeah that speaks to what Steph Curry is, who he
1: is, how he let mm-hmm. this team is so selfless as a whole, right? Like yeah. people talking about you know that these players might leave or something. I think it, it just speaks to the fact that these, this is a very tight group of guys, and you know maybe maybe Clay Thompson's not happy or Kevin Durant's not happy behind the scenes, but it speaks to it, it, and I think it's evidence that. These guys care about each other and are selfless and are all in it just because they're having a good time and are trying to win another championship.
0: I'll say it speaks to who Steph Curry is and how unselfish he is. Mm-hmm. Not many superstars would be able to uh, uh, convince another mm-hmm. superstar who is slightly better than them to join their team and take over their team, not in the locker room, but in terms of the offense. Yeah. I don't think guys like Russell Westbrook or even no. James Harden would do that. So I, th- I think. I hope that's I hope that's remembered as that's a Steph, it, yeah. as a Steph Curry
1: fan. I hope that's remembered. Well, he deserves all the respect history. in the world for that. That's that's an that's an important thing. And just the the willingness of not even just Steph Curry, but all you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant, all to work together. And when one person is hot, to give them the rock and say go you know go do your thing. I think that it, it's kind of sad that we've seen Clay Thompson. You know, all the time you hear. About how you know what, and obviously we see it that you know what a great player Clay Thompson is. People say, you know, how much better he would be if he was on a team by himself. But uh, you know, I think that they're all all three of them. They don't even really care so much about themselves. It's just about like whoever's hot, you give them the ball because it's going to help the team. Well, I know Uh, it's just I I, I know your opinion on this. Yeah.
0: You want to talk about that now? Yeah, I I want to talk about this. now. You were talking about how Clay Thompson earlier you're talking about how clay thompson isn't really like or has been benefited from being on the warriors
1: yeah i think i hear all the time and it i I don't know it kind of bothers me i hear all the time that um that clay thompson would be better off on a team by himself sort of not even not, not because he would win more or something but because we're not really seeing him flourish to his you know to his the maximum potential um on on the warriors that on a team by himself he could do something like go out and average 25 30 points per game. To me that's a little bit unrealistic. I don't think that's I don't I think that's unfair to say because I think that as amazing of a player as Clay Thompson is at the most fundamental level. Obviously he's far more than just a 3 and D player, but that's the basis of his talent, right? He's an incredible lights out shooter and obviously we've seen that he's one of the best shooters in NBA history. When he's hot, he's looks like the most unstoppable player on the court on defense he's absolutely locked down can guard the other team's best player for you know and that's that's why you know despite curry not being the best defender this team's always always defends well because clay thompson can lock down the other team's better guard but i don't think that on a team by himself clay thompson would thrive like people believe he would you you said he wouldn't average 25 points per game it definitely wouldn't be an efficient twenty-five points per game. Could he? Uh, maybe, but, but you're uh,
0: saying that that would take away from his game because you. Would I do Either he would not average twenty-five or more, or it would just
1: be inefficient. Yeah, I mean, I, basically, what my my point is that I, do, I don't think that like all of a sudden if Clay if Clay went and joined another team that we'd consider him like a top ten player or something like that. I don't think anyone's saying he's a top ten player. I'm. I think that people believe that there are, there are plenty of people who believe that if if that if clay left the warriors that all of a sudden he would become a top 10 player that he would become a superstar I don't think on his own. I'm not gonna believe that. Okay. I th- I have heard that before. And okay. but so basically what I'm what I'm trying to say is that if clay thompson was on a team by himself, he would have a ton of struggles that we don't even think about because he's on the warriors. Like what? He we take for granted that he gets open shots right like okay yes he drops 60 points in three quarters a couple of years ago he has the record 37 points in one quarter now he broke the record for with 14 three corners in a game but what we forget I, I think that people are kind of oblivious to is the fact that he's getting wide open shots over and over again now not not i'm not saying that in this game all of his shots were wide open because they weren't but he was consistently getting open you know semi-open semi and not even like they weren't even like necessarily. What I'm trying to say is they weren't like heat check shots. It wasn't like he was taking. It wasn't like he was taking two dribbles and knocking he, it down in someone's he mouth. He can make
0: those shots though. He can. He's a top three shooter of all time. Exactly. He can make those he's a, shots.
1: he's an incredible shooter. But my 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 point is that when you have Kevin Durant, when you have Steph Curry, when you have a plethora of shooters all around you, it means that it's a lot easier as a shooter to get your looks.
0: I think. I, I disagree. I still think he would be an elite scorer on his own team. If you look at the past three years, not including mm-hmm. this year, he's averaged twenty-two point one, twenty-two point three, and twenty. Yeah. The past three years, mm-hmm. points per game. Mm-hmm. You don't think that he would be getting a lot more shots per game as the first option? I do think he would be put getting him on, on, put um, him on um, Phoenix
1: instead of Devin Booker. I think that he would be getting more shots per game. I don't think that, but I don't think that you can look to him as a franchise, as your number one, as as a true number one scorer. I don't think he can be that.
0: I disagree. I, I don't think he would be like a top ten player in that NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think
1: that's not what I I'm don't. Saying. I don't think that. I don't think that just someone who is a. I don't. Now this. Okay, this is based on because he's been on a team with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. We haven't seen him much as a playmaker. I think that what I think that my my main criticism of Clay Thompson is that his shots tend to come tend to be coming running off of screens you know and and off of passes catch and shoot kind of scenarios in in that game correct me if i'm wrong but in that game um where he dropped 14 three pointers most of his shots were off catch and shoot exactly i think he had one i think he had one off triple three pointer okay so i I
0: think i I think he would still be very effective if he had a shooter as a shooter he's he's very very effective if he had a good playmaking point guard yes even if no but even if the point guard was worse than him as an nba player yeah
1: i still think but but he would not he would not be anywhere close to as good as he is in the Warriors offense I, that, that's what that's what no, I. Th- that,
0: okay those are two different things what those are two different things
1: being an, your own shot creator and yeah yeah in terms of being- I, he's he benefits so much from being in this in the Warriors offense as a shooter as a primary uh, primarily his his offensive game revolves around him just being one of the best shooters ever it's very hard to to be an elite scorer on a team by yourself if you're a shooter and not a playmaker. Look, this is what I have to say though. I think yeah. Clay Thompson's driving
0: ability is so underrated. I think some of that is enhanced by that he has yeah. this ball movement system, and mm-hmm. the defense is shifting when he catches the ball. But his it reminds me of like a more elite version of what Luka Doncic is right now. Luka Doncic has the has what? the best has the best uh, if but he, but I, Luka, I Luka Doncic point, at this no, no. point is already a better passer. A bet, he's I'm not, I'm not talking far about pass, better. I'm, I'm talking know. about attacking off the dribble. I think I don't think Klay Thompson really? can hit you with like three crossovers. But the way that Luka Doncic speeds up and slows down, he's not an elite. He's not like De'Aaron Fox. He's not going to blow by you. But he is but, elite deceleration. I've read this article. He is elite deceleration. That's in like the 90 something percentile in the NBA. You have his ability to move laterally. That's why he's. Is this, this Luka Doncic or Clay no, Thompson? Clay, Clay Thompson. Okay. Er, L- Luka Doncic is in the 90 percentile in deceleration. Clay Thompson yeah. is similar in that he is this very like good ability to start and stop and he has very good lateral quickness which makes him such a good defender that enhances what? his driving ability and i say like where he can drive to the middle and do that pull up
1: he doesn't do he's it a, a lot cuz okay. the, the Warriors he's often a, does that but he he's can, he, a he's a solid like shooter from mid range and he can knock down like a contested shot but he's not an elite at no point in his career has he been an elite slasher kind of player he, and he never will be that's not his game i'm i'm saying he. i, he's I think he's pretty he has tall. The ability to, He's I think pretty he tall, but he's not. Do that. He's not very fast. He's not going to blow by you. I'm talking right. about laterally. I think he's very elite at driving to the middle. But how does lateral quickness really affect you as a as a driving player? If, if you're on the left wing, and you want to drive, so that's to the middle, that's one lateral step. That's far more important as a defender than as as an offensive player. Lateral quickness though. does not affect your uh, your ability to drive to the basket that much. Is is Russell Westbrook an elite? You know, like. Slashing guard because because he has great lateral quickness. No, it's because he accelerates and in one step is by you better than than maybe anybody in our league right now.
0: I'm not saying Clay Thompson. Okay, I I understand that. I just think he has the ability to drive by. Okay, let's move on to something else. Let's move on to something else. Okay. I saw on on Instagram, B Ball Realm, posted this saying, just gave me the idea, and he said that Clay Thompson. He's talking about all-time. Let's just talk about the NBA. Yeah. But he says, Clay Thompson, if if everyone is flaming hot in the NBA, everyone's making uh, the shots that they usually make at the highest rate, and they're just on fire. They're shooting amazing. They're playing amazing. Who is the best player in the NBA? And he said Clay Thompson. And he gave one of his reasons as he dropped 37 and a quarter. Uh, he's a top three shooter of all time. And we've just seen it in the past where he's gone off for insane amounts. An efficient uh, scoring performances as well. He said that Clay Thompson, if everyone was if everyone was flaming hot in the NBA, LeBron, KD, he said that Clay Thompson would be the best player. Not any of those. What do you think of that? And who would you say would be the best player in the NBA if everyone was hot? Kevin Durant.
1: Oh, oh, that's (laughs) (laughs) okay. Kevin Durant. Without without me really like having to think about that, think about it that much. I think that, like, okay, so on the Warriors, again, like, if Klay Thompson is getting his shot off and he's hot, he looks unstoppable. But I feel like Kevin Durant has a greater ability to just get a shot whenever he feels like it. There are times when Kevin Durant, when he's hot, just takes over a game like no player I've ever seen before. And that's why I, I just think that Kevin Durant, not only—I say it all the time, that I feel like Kevin Durant, I, you know, and I haven't been watching, like, the NBA for very long— but I feel like Kevin Durant has got to be like a top ten, maybe even higher than that, scorer of all time.
0: He's definitely higher than that.
1: I, okay, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where I haven't seen you know the guys up that yeah, would be above okay. him. I haven't that, seen them play, so I, I'm true. not gonna I'm not gonna go out there and, and pretend like I know. Um, but he's got. I feel like he's got to be a top ten scorer of all time. And I feel like out of any player in the NBA right now, as a pure scorer, especially when they're hot, his game is just elevated <laughs> even that much more. Kevin Durant is unstoppable let me know how you let me know how you're stopping one a a seven foot player who i think who can attack the basket because he's got he's got incredible handles especially for seven foot player my argument quick he he shoots as well as almost anybody in
0: the league okay my argument against that would be kevin durant always shoots the ball well almost always shoots the ball well yeah and even if he's not flaming hot he can always get his shot up so exactly. I think, but that's that's a bit not really unique to this situation, which is why I would go LeBron James because I think mm-hmm. he has all of the driving abilities, and if he has that step back three pointer when he's hot, yeah, I would say that well, that's kind of unstoppable. And obviously I I, like obviously, like you can't say, oh, if everyone's slaming hot, then just have like Curry pull up from three quarter court and yeah. it'll just go yeah, in because yeah. he's slaming hot. But I, I, I think LeBron, since he has. A three point shot in his arsenal. If he makes his threes, like we saw in the finals against the mm. Heat, if he makes his threes, there's no way to guard mm. him, and it's just a GG.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's a it is a, such a weird question that it is a weird yeah, question. That, like, if they're flaming hot, that top ten NBA like, What does like, flaming hot mean? Exactly. Here? Yeah, it's it's a very open ended question. But like, you know, it it's it's true that like, you know, LeBron has one of the most versatile scoring arsenals ever, just because he's. So, obviously, he's arguably the greatest player ever. But, you know, with that three-pointer, he becomes that much more deadly. And we've seen him even more so in the last couple of years sort of starting to even add greater difficulty three-point shots. And it's so, I mean, as if LeBron wasn't already hard enough to guard. So, I think there's there's a point in that. But I still think that out of, out of anybody in the league right now, I think that Kevin Durant's the best scorer in the league right now. I think that a hot Kevin Durant is even more it's just even more so like i feel like you when you got when you I, got i in, would like, just argue
0: that the gap the shot the, the, the gap,
1: gap between kevin durant when he's not hot and kevin durant when he is is not as great yeah and that is that's versus, a fair statement versus yeah. everyone
0: else's do you want to talk because, about derrick rose all right yeah uh, derrick rose dropped 50 a few days ago i think on halloween <clears throat> night <laughs> like i, I thought I'd, i i can't believe i didn't watch the game
1: i yeah that's very exciting i didn't watch i wasn't watching live either I mean, let's just – I mean, former MVP, the former youngest MVP of all time, I think 2011, after what – I guess it's been seven-ish years to come back and drop his career high. That's pretty insane. That's a
0: comeback story and a half. Like, not even that it's 50. That's his – that it's his career high. It's, yeah, I mean – I think that's – That's so incredible. It, it just shows perseverance. Like, one could say that this was his best game ever. I, I don't think, like, if he was mm. as efficient or if he, like, over or whatever. But yeah. I think
1: it's just so impressive that after all this <laughs> time... More than, more than anything, it's just, like, as an NBA fan, it just makes you so happy to see it. Yeah. Man. Just for him. Because it doesn't... If you think that this means that all of a sudden Derrick Rose is going to become an all-star or an all-NBA player again... You're wrong. I'm sorry. But, uh, I'm sorry to we'll, hate to we'll, break to you. We'll, but get like, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, I, I, d- that doesn't mean, does it mean that Derrick Rose can still contribute
0: to an offense? Yes, but we already knew that. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I just want to say
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I went back and I watched the replays of the game, and Derrick Rose just looked like he looked very complete as an NBA player. Yeah. Like, no, he wasn't pulling up from three. He, he did but make a few threes, though. He had made, made a, like made four
1: f- three-pointers or something
0: like that. Yeah, but um, nothing insane. Yeah. But just all his – attacking was very (coughs) was very well balanced and Mm -hmm. i just think that it was very it was a very complete performance and he was pretty decent on defense he had the game-winning block and that's it wasn't i mean he was kind of hijacking the offense which is why i wouldn't say like he's back or whatever yeah but okay let's talk about that now what what is what? To say he's back is an overreaction. Yeah, but let's talk about what is Derrick Rose right now? What does this game mean for how good of an
1: NBA player is Derrick Rose? I think that it's easy to forget that Derrick Rose is still, like, only, like, 30 years old or something. Maybe even yeah. a little bit younger. So, like, Derrick Rose is still... While, while 30 years old is by no means a young player, we've seen plenty of players, you know, become still be solid role players into their mid to late 30s, right? And so... Will there, is Derrick Rose still an elite starting point guard? Probably not. No, he's not elite, but he could he be a solid starting point guard? Sure, but where he'd probably fit best is to come off the bench for a competing team, and and just be like his like you know lightning quickness and just ability to to go off for a game like this. At, at any honestly, point, Derrick Rose can can be a spark plug ball off your bench, and well, I think that's that's super valuable. Honestly. I- I think that everyone was saying that he's
0: back not not even before this game he was back to being a average starting point guard you told me that a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago and i didn't really buy into it yeah i do now i think he Mm -hmm. can be an average starting point guard or for an elite team i don't i don't like him as a backup point guard on an elite team i like Mm -hmm. him as a starting point guard for an average team what the timberwolves are right now but i can't see him coming off the bench for a team with that that's filled with superstars like the warriors or the rockets and mm. celtics or even like the raptors any of the top teams in the nba because i think he just he takes over the
1: offense typically he a takes little a val- bit a but, little bit too much exactly so yeah so so what i'm saying is he can't i don't think that he fits as the starting point guard alongside superstars in an elite team but if he's coming off the bench and i, I think he's still very valuable offensively if he's c- coming off your bench and kind of taking over the offense you can live with that for sure right yeah but my my just my reasoning for why you do have to you do have to to adapt your bench lineup around him though which i'm not sure that an elite team is willing to do now yeah i don't think an elite like what is your ceiling
0: as a team if derrick rose is your backup point guard as as your offense because yeah i don't think he he has to be the point guard he can't be Mm -hmm. he can't be a shooting guard and he has to play on the ball because he can't really space the floor yeah space the floor um (laughs) but like for, for context i saw this in a post under kicks the instagram account it said clay thompson took 56 dribbles in his 52 point performance it's, it's clay thompson that's mm-hmm. insane Derek rose took 653 yeah i don't think that at his best or even just in general Derrick Rose overdribbles. I've mm. seen that. He has a tendency to overdribble and I just think he'll hijack an offense to where you mm. don't want that if you're
1: if you're a team that already has
0: enough talent to be an elite team.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that Derrick Rose's offensive offensive game is still geared towards a superstar MVP player, right? Yeah. He's sort of, he's he sort of he
0: sort of he just doesn't have that talent for that exactly. type of usage.
1: He's, da- he's sort of I think he sort of deteriorated a little bit to the point that he's an above average NBA player but probably not an above average I don't starter think, i don't think he's an above average
0: nba player he's a ab- he's an above average nba player if, right? we're not, not, if we're not including like the 12th and 11th men i would say he's an mm. average nba player Sli- yeah, yeah slightly yeah. Below, okay, so i would, I would, I would say, say slightly below
1: average starter okay. to average starter yeah 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 all right so he's an he's a he's an above average nba player right this is like as a whole if you take yeah, into fine, account yeah sure. right whatever that means yeah all right so he's a to that but he still plays like he's a star to a superstar yeah right which which I think you can live with especially you know when he's going off and and, and dropping 50 but like I don't think in a game live- yeah where he can't but he can't do that I don't think he consistently can live with it. I just think it'll lead to inefficiency that's fair and a stagnant offense I do hope more than anything out of this game I hope that this is this just like reminds people that you know you know how great Derrick Rose was and that, if nothing else, that at least, like, maybe it adds to his, like, Hall of Fame resume. Yeah. Right? That one. I don't That's think it. one game is the difference between you making the Hall of Fame and you not making the Hall of Fame. But if this could, going forward, it could. It could if it could mean that he, you know, extends his career a little bit more, he, like, validates himself as an NBA player a maybe little it bit more. Maybe gives him more motivation. Exactly. I, I mean, if, and then if he's got more eyes on him, if, if all of a sudden he's, you know, gained a lot more respect for himself... And, and people are thinking in their mind, maybe he's back, and people are tuning into to watch how Derrick Rose is playing. Then maybe it's you know maybe it's another step towards him becoming a Hall of Famer, which I really I really hope he does become because in the end like that would be such uh, that would be an amazing story.
0: Okay, <clears throat> last let's talk about the Cavs. Two things. First. Tyron Liu was fired a few mm-hmm. days ago and secondly right afterwards it came out that J.R. Smith has requested a trade and wants to be off the Cavs yeah first let's talk about Ty Liu. he got fired after an 0-6 start to the season
1: Mm-hmm. let's talk about this was was he ever a good coach yeah I mean I have it written down as was he a good coach or was he just LeBron's coach which I think you know, it's kind of hard to tell because he was sort of just I th- thrown. I think into it's th- almost impossible to
0: tell. Yeah, them, I mean,
1: he was just sort of thrown into the mix because David Black got fired, and he and he was the assistant coach, and so he was just promoted. But we never really, you know, we've seen him playing, playing, um, playing with LeBron a- in every game. He's been a head coach, and we we don't really know to what extent, like. Was he really calling the shots? To what extent was LeBron calling the shots? And to what extent maybe was the GM calling the shots? Because we'll get to it, but I think that the GM has was making coaching suggestions this season also through Ty Lue. So he could have had some impact as well. But we, So we don't really know. We, we can't step inside their locker room. So we don't also, really know it's, it's how great it was. It's so hard coach... to
0: coach LeBron James. Yeah. Eric
1: Spolstra, took, who was an
0: elite coach in
1: the NBA, yeah.
0: it still took him a year and a half to kind of
1: be the best coach yeah. lebron has ever had you have to you have to you have to adapt your coaching game style to lebron and for somebody who's never been a head coach before yeah. he probably really just wasn't doing that much coaching in general now that's an assumption but we'll see, you yeah. know uh, who knows
0: but personally i don't think this this is just my opinion whether it's a hunch whether it's mm-hmm. what i see is actually correct i don't think he is a good head coach and i don't yeah.
1: i don't think he's even an average head to coach be, yeah to be fair the the reasons that there's a couple reasons why There are a couple signs that he might not be a great coach. Which, shout out to Basketball Breakdown. Um, uh, I watched a video that saying um, that the reasons that he got fired was probably because he generally the the Cavs played pretty poor defense. That they played pretty poor, pretty poor health health defense and switch defense, and that that was one of the biggest flaws in especially last game, year yeah but e- even just in general against the finals mm-hmm. against the warriors Yeah. Now, now you might be thinking oh it's because lebron saving his energy but they just their whole defensive scheme was thrown off because they they were a team that was you know meant to be like switching and people just wouldn't and they were helping in the wrong situations and not helping when they should have been so it, that was a problem also but also yeah continue i was just gonna say they also had very poor locker room, and that's kind of a coach. It's part of a coach's responsibility it is, is to I control think the locker room.
0: Tyloo, as a former player, I think that's kind of your job as a coach for your calling card. If you're a former player, to be a player's coach, I don't think. I think that his maybe lack of X's and O's would be tolerable if he was a good locker room guy. Yeah, but aside from him being liked by LeBron, because obviously he kept his job yeah i don't think he was that good of a locker room guy especially last year
1: yeah i mean because we saw them totally reboot their team yeah. at the trade deadline which is why i don't think he should
0: get an another job in the nba i was he gonna ask, yeah i was he gonna will, ask you but... i i think he will get another job yeah. if i was a team i would not hire tyloo I mean,
1: as a coach and maybe it's an experiment though right like, I, like once again we haven't seen Lu as a, as anybody but you know like a coach a head coach with lebron so we don't really know I think that he deserves a second chance bro but I, also if, okay. if tyloo was my coach
0: i would not respect him because a i dropped him <laughs> i just I, I would just walk in like you, can, you
1: just can't look at it in the same way I cannot look at it in the same way that's that's fair i guess but <laughs> uh, i also think so um but uh, one thing that i have to i had to say though is so i feel like it might be a little bit like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe Ty Lue, Ty Lue has not been a good coach th- ever since David Blatt was fired. But after an 0-6 start to the season, isn't that kind of to be expected? Like, did they did they did they expect the Cavs to really be doing like that much better this season than 0-6 than an 0-6 start? No, I think they
0: were definitely supposed to be decent. They were Damn. trying to be decent, which kind of set the yeah. framework for it.
1: And also, the, Kevin Love's an All Star. Kevin Love's an All Star, but. When Kevin Love was you know, in the best years of Kevin Love's career, when he was playing in Minnesota, putting up the best stats of his career at least, he wasn't leading this team the, that those teams to good records, right? Like it's Kevin Love, no matter how you know what numbers he's putting up, no matter how well he's playing, he hasn't been able to still, carry a team to like a respectable record. I, really.
0: I would still say Kevin Love is an all-star player, and yeah. I, I don't think he's a losing player. I don't think no.
1: I don't. think that, I mean, I don't they want They to with Kevin Love, and I, I would say that. But it's, but can Kevin Love, as the number one player on a team, carry he, him to I, a I solid think, record? I, th- I think he can be not zero and six. I, I That's think he, fair. I think he's a good player. That's fair, and and it, it, Ty Lue is definitely somewhat responsible for this zero and six record because the Cavs were not planning to tank this season. Yeah, that would, they, they, were, they said they were not playing it Also, this
0: tank. was a team that just made the finals. I understand they lost the best player in the world.
1: That, that's not a—you It's can't compare them to last year.
0: You can't compare them to last year. You can't compare them to last year, but they had a kind of all-right enough roster to get to
1: the finals. I understand LeBron carried them. Yeah, but, but in the last year of LeBron's contract with the Cavs, he was going to go all-in to get them to the finals. Right. He has to for the city of Cleveland, his hometown. It was going to happen. But LeBron it, doesn't owe Cleveland anything. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not since 2016. Or- yeah, yeah, not since won the championship. Okay. But also. Um, J.R. Smith. Yeah. All right, I'll talk about J.R. Smith. So another another shout to basketball breakdown, because they talk about this a little bit too, is another reason that um, Tyloo potentially got fired was because. And this was going back to I mentioned before the general manager might have been you know started making some coaching suggestions. The general manager of the Cavs was saying was telling Tyloo to play the to play the young players a lot. And after you know they got off to you know like an 0 and three start or whatever, um, Tyloo put in J R Smith and like Kyle Korver for like some extra minutes, and they still lost. And then and so then the, so then the GMs mad at at Tyloo. Tyloo gets fired. J.R. Smith's now mad at the management because <laughs> because Tyloo played him more, and the and the management fired him for it. <laughs> and so that so it's all sort of you know falling into chaos. I think the management was smart.
0: <laughs> I, I think you should play your young yeah, players. Yeah, you should play right? Chetty Osman. You should play no Colin Sexton.
1: And that's not the only reason J.R. Smith is frustrated. <laughs> Why else he, is he frustrated? He, he was just on a team with LeBron James at the t- and at the tail end of, the, end of his career. J.R. Smith is trying to. Be kind of rain chasing on a contender. He's not trying Maybe. to be. I didn't even he's not, try, he's not trying to be riding the bench of a of a tanking team, right? Well, but they think, could tank at this point.
0: Yeah, I know. But what, what, what team? What team would he go to?
1: I don't know. But I it, cannot I, see
0: him on the Lakers. I really no, cannot no, no, see no, him no on no. the Lakers. They the,
1: the last thing they need is another like questionable locker room guy.
0: <laughs> I, would
1: you call that? I think Jerry's the questionable locker room guy. Right. I would just call him a bonehead. Yeah, All right.
0: Join the MUD squad. The, <laughs> the, what misunderstood, it, the misunderstood,
1: underappreciated,
0: undetermined. Yes. Um, Javale McGee, Lance Stevenson.
1: Yeah. And Michael Beasley, Riton Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I I, I think that if, if you were on a team with LeBron James, going from being in the finals multiple years in a row, LeBron James leaves, and now you're getting no minutes and watching a bunch of young players play over you, You'd probably I could be pretty, pretty frustrated. I could see it, but frustrated too. Jairus Smith does not have
0: any trade value. He's yes, a, he's a bad contract. He doesn't play defense. He's mm-hmm. he's li- he's a, just a, a three point lock- shooter. He's yeah. potentially a bad locker room guy, and he's a streaky player. Yeah, and, he, and he's old. Those are five mm-hmm. things that teams don't want to trade for.
1: Yeah, it's true. So I, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'm not sure. A contender Cavs, would
0: want to take him. If, if, if I was a Cavs, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't package him with an asset just to get him off the team. No, 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 no. And I don't even think he would sell for two second-round picks, M- maybe,
1: maybe one. Mm, but I don't, yeah. I don't understand who would I, do but that. I, I think that more than anything, this J.R. Smith and, and Tyron Lue, these moves are just the start of the Cavaliers starting to implode. I think the Cavaliers Ooh. are just gonna. I, I think that this is the start of the Cavaliers are just gonna totally fall apart again. Like I think they're gonna. Tra- I think they're gonna trade Kevin Love. They're gonna trade. Um, I, I think. Kyle that, Korver I think trade, trade all of their. I don't think that's. they'll
0: implode. I think Kevin Love will start the implosion. I don't think Kev- I don't think they will start to implode and as a result they'll be forced into trading Kevin Kevin Love because the no. no yeah. Kevin like Love it, so. will be their implosion.
1: Yeah, because Kevin Love is really their their main the main asset you, they you have left. You just said this is the start. This is the start of their implosion meaning that this is indicative that Kevin Love will be traded. Okay. That, this is the start of their implosion meaning that this and Six start them you know, hiring having Larry Drew as like maybe their coach, but like Larry Drew is also trying to negotiate like a more a longer contract, so he's like <laughs> maybe an interim coach. He's not even really their head coach right now. Like it's what happened with the. It's Bucks a weird situation. Here. Yeah. Um. But so so we'll see. I think that I think that this more than anything just means that the Cavaliers are going to hit a little bit of a reset. They're going to keep Colin Sexton. They're going to keep Shetty Osman. Maybe they keep guys like Larry Nansen, and Jordan Clarkson. But that. That's it's it. gonna be it's gonna be pretty much a total refresh that. Yeah. Maybe like a Rodney Hood too, but I, I think I they know.
0: should hold on to Rodney Hood. Yeah. He's young and he has the talent to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, he seems like kind of a Tim Hardaway Jr. type player, not in the style, just in mm-hmm. the kind of level that they're at. Yeah, I would say it's analogous.
1: Yeah. All, All right. right.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Space the Floor and May Podcast. If you're listening on iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating down below, and thanks for listening. If you're listening on YouTube, leave us a like and subscribe. That would help so much. If uh, follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And thanks for listening. My name is Connor Gielen. and I'm Connor Flannery. And thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Peace.